The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Another loss. That's two in a row of a painful game to watch, to say the least. That and more here on show 450. Ritter Nation, on today's show, we will have the injury report for the Oakland Raiders. Not long, but it is distinguished. The post game for the Vikings. Yeah, they came and gave us the horn, all right. We got both horns, if you know what I'm talking about. And a pregame for the Lions. We hit the bone line. That should do it for the show. I'm sorry it's late this week, but life happens. Between podcasts, what more could I say? Well, the injury report is here. It's not very long, not very many injuries. I think that's how Del Rio likes it. He doesn't really say a lot about the injuries on the team. Uh, You can see in his press conferences he plays everything down and does not say who's playing or not until the very last minute. Rod Hudson, out last game. Big difference between him and Tony Bergstrom. You can see the running game suffered hugely with the lack of push in the middle. Uh, Rod Hudson is a necessary component of our offense in every sense of the word. Uh, He's going to be out, perhaps. His ankle's still sore, and he didn't practice this week yet. So we might see Tony Bergstrom again, and, uh, well, it is what it is. Alden Smith, big story of the week in NFL news, been suspended for a complete season. Uh, He made this happen on his own so he wouldn't have to go through a whole lot of other things. He's in stage three of the NFL's league substance abuse policy, and he blew it there too. Young man has some issues. He won't be able to practice or play with the team, even the OTAs or camp next season. I sure hope we can hold on to this kid. He's a great player. We got to keep his name and his face in the game. Uh, It's a terrible suspension for the Raiders at this time. Because our defense is so lame, <laughs> to say the least. Okay, so let me let me just go over this too, since I'm already here. Uh, there are several other injuries. Rods Woodson still ailing from his shoulder and his knee. There's several other boo-boos on the team. Uh, you can tell that the team is getting tired. This time of the year is tough. It's a very hard time to play after you've been beaten and bruised a few times. Even though we have the the uh, light at the end of the tunnel, it seems like, and it's not a train. I hope it's not a train. But it seems to be that we're still moving in the right direction. I still, you know, I'm not going to be down on the team at all. We've done a lot of progress has happened in this particular season. So I'm going to leave it at that. Now, this L.A. mess, <laughs> it, it continues to raise its head. I've told you this, guy, guys, many times about this Los Angeles deal. They're going to convolute it. They're going to beat it to death. 
so that nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody, gives a rat's ass except for the owners of the teams what happens. They're wearing us out, folks. That's the plan. Uh, Cronky and, you know, Spanos and Mr. Davis all vying for the Los Angeles market. Uh, You know what? I'm going to tell you right now, it will happen when it happens. If the Raiders aren't here next season, I will be surprised um, because of what's gone on so far. But you know what? I'm not going to hold my breath until they send me my season ticket renewal package. (laughs) That's for show. If they don't do that, I might have to get a plane ticket south, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to put that L.A. thing to rest. Uh, They're trying to keep Kroenke from moving the Rams, and he's got more money than anybody there, so I don't think that's going to happen. So convoluted as usual. Don't get emotional about it. It's no big deal. The L.A. fan is a Raider fan. The Oakland fan is a Raider fan. San Antonio fan is a Raider fan. There's Raider fans everywhere. Uh, Let's not beat each other up over things that we have absolutely no freaking control over. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, let's do the post game for the Vikings. (laughs) We got both horns. Well, before I get into the actual game itself, it was a wonderful tailgate filled with friends and family. As usual, I always say this, but it's always very true. Uh, we had our our <laughs> our Canadian presence. We had a, a presence from Scotland. We had four, uh, well, my very good friends from London, England. The Crusader Raider was up in the house with Big Dave Chapman. What a great time. Uh, the, the crab feed, the... The uh, Belenikov crab feed, we went to that. It was a great time. Uh, Valerie Soto from the Las Vegas Raider Booster Club was up in the house. We had 10, 10? Was it 15? We had three big tables of New York Raider Nation was in the house. You know, it's amazing how this team brings people together of all shapes, sizes, ethnicities. It just goes to all bounds. It's a crazy fan base. I just love it. I love the uh, passion and the down-to-earth fans that we do have. There's no pretension here in the Raider Nation, and that's one thing that I find most attractive as a fan. If you're not sure what the Belitnikov Foundation is all about, let me just tell you right now, as I've got your ear, the Belitnikov's young, beautiful daughter was violently murdered and an abusive situation, and so they took up a cause. Tracy's House of Hope, uh, daughter's name was Tracy Belitnikoff, a beautiful young lady with promise uh, and a youth and a great attitude to go with it. Uh, She was put down and murdered by this, you know, I want to say pig because that's exactly what he was. He's in prison, thank goodness. But the Belitnikoffs found a place in a niche that they they serve uh, very, very well. The Tracy's House of Hope Foundation is a great foundation. If you have an opportunity to donate, please do. Uh, It takes young ladies in abusive relationships, gives them a place to go that is safe, clean, and not only that, but the counseling and resources there are enough to get these young ladies on their feet and onto a life that's productive 
And so they don't have to depend on a loser uh, for their existence. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you get a chance to donate to the Tracy's House of Hope Belenikoff Foundation, please do. Think about it. Uh, you know someone who's been touched in this way. Uh, have that happen. It is a great cause and something to be proud of being involved with. Every year they have a crab feed in San Ramon. Uh, usually it's, it's been going that way for a long time. Uh, if you hear about it, it's always in November. If you can make it, uh, please do. It is a great event filled with great Raider family, Raider friends. Uh, they got players there. Del Rio is there. An epic event. A lot of fun. Uh, Raiders gear, memorabilia, a lot of stuff to be auctioned off. So make yourself available for that party, will you? So it was wonderful seeing all friends and family at the tailgate. And then <laughs> we got to go into the game. I told you guys about special teams of the Vikings, and it did come true. Uh, the special teams of the Vikings is very special, and we knew it, but I don't know why we these flub kicked the ball to anybody. You should have them starting on the 20-yard line all game long, and no, <laughs> that did not happen. I just, I just don't understand why we didn't score any points in the second half at all. I know they have a good defense, but not a great defense. But it kept us out of the end zone completely. Derek Carr is running for his life. Of course, we don't have our normal center, and our run game was anemic, to say the least. I look at the Raiders offensively. I, I believe we're a passing football team. But we wanted to establish the run in that game for some reason. And to me, I don't, I don't care if they're just going to keep seven in the box. You still do what you do best. And you go run that style offense. Still get your runs in there. But don't try to make a point that, okay, they're going to give us, you know, uh, you know, too deep. And we're going to, we're just going to run the football. Those, those four guys up front and those linebackers are beasts. They were manhandling our offensive linemen. So did you want them to run the ball more or run the no, ball less? Less. Do what they do, which is a, throw, right? A throw. That's what they, I believe that the but Raiders are. But they were throwing are, a two-deep shell the whole I game. You have a seven-man front. Sometimes it was a six-man front. I don't care. Do what you do. Because guess what? That's what That's what uh, the Vikings did. Stay ran the ball. Yeah. Ran play action. Yeah, into a, into an eight-man front. But then, you know, going back to your point, Bill, I mean, quarterbacks are just, and even Peyton and Brady, when they see a light box like that, and Harrison Smith, number 22, is so good, you know, coming down like he's going to be an eighth-man of the box, then will run out late. They were playing two-man just about the whole day. Now, to a lot of quarterbacks, that's an automatic check to a run. I mean, can't we expect the Raiders' offensive line to run block better and to Murray to make more. If they're going to give you a seven, six-man box, Bill, you got to be able to run the ball, don't no, you? I agree. I you have to you have to be able to get some runs, but I I still think you do what you do best, and you know you go to that because we threw the ball at times pretty well. Our guys were getting open, and to me, the what we're not getting open consistently right now is the tight end because the tight end should have dominated and had eight or nine catches in that football game because he is now up against the linebackers. So Clive, Rivera, they're up against the linebacker, and they should be able to win against a linebacker playing man-to-man 
every time. Pops, you you know it, Papa. You've been around this game, and you got any time you see two safeties, it tells you what the middle of the field Check is open. Yours. Check yeah. either, if, even though if you want to run the ball, and if you know you're a good passing team. Too deep, tell you the middle of the field is open. You got to have run some type of seam, and you run a corner to the outside, and you put the safety in a compromised position. Where is the safety's going to do? Are they going to play over the top? Are they going to try to cover the middle of the field? In cover two, middle of the field is all usually open, unless you're running some type of two mic. Here's a, here's another thing, Greg. Is I saw Latavius was apprehensive. I I didn't feel like he was. Back. I don't know if it was the blow that he took last week on the chin. Coming off the concussion. Yeah. And then Amari, I, I thought he was a little Tim. tentative, too, because he took a shot. Smith laid Lit him, him up. Lit up. We don't have an enforcer on our defense that can light someone up like that. That's what we're missing. Yes, Mr. Peterson ran for 200-plus yards. Uh, they had 263 yards in the ground. I have to say that our offense was anemic, and it was a lot of running plays. And I don't understand why we 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 go to this conservative side of the ball. What, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of, uh, Musgrave? What are you afraid of? Uh, opening it up and letting Derek Carr do his thing. I mean, you could see glimpses of that in, in games previous game this year, but this game it seemed like he was hamstrung by a bunch of lame-ass calls by the offensive coordinator that amounted to nothing. The offensive game plan was lame, only to be outdone by the, well, defensive game plan, which was ultra-lame. It always seemed like there was some kind of a checkdown for Bridgewater. Yeah, You got to give him that. There was always a someone that he could when he was under duress, which I have to I would say this was probably our best game by our defensive lineman getting after a quarterback. And they were so close to getting, you know, I think sacks. eight or nine sacks in the yeah. game. But yeah. they were just he was just able to get the ball to a check down. Now, we even had Alden Smith. This was the last game that he we're gonna have him, and it seemed like him and everyone else was Unremarkable. Well, Alden's a really special player. I think we are, we're all very impressed with who he is and uh, the football player he is uh, while he was here. But at the same time, we didn't have him way before that, you know, and, and the team was developing. And so now we just, uh, you just kind of uh, pursue it as uh, a player who got injured, you know, a season in, in, ending injury. And now the next guys have to really step up. So uh, uh, I think that next man up. We're continuing our growth. We got a lot of football left, and uh, I think the guys are—they understand. They understand what we can do. Mac did get a sack in this game. He—he he did put, get pressure. He was double teamed. But where the hell is everybody else? Is what I'm asking. You know, Jelly Ellis. You got a lot of other players that should be making plays that aren't making plays as far as pressure, and they ran the ball up our. Uh, for the entire game. Everyone in that stadium was gripping and holding because you knew Adrian Peterson was going to keep touching the ball. You kept him a factor the whole game, Bill. Pop, you you saw this. They That's could great. run He's the ball. Player. They kept him involved. You knew because the Raiders wasn't separating themselves, you're like, Adrian Peterson, it's a matter of time till you're going to start seeing the back of too late. And in the fourth quarter, you saw the back of 2-8 and it was too late. 
Plus, they had so many opportunities. Blair Walsh had a, had a streak coming in. He missed two field goals. Uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph drops one in the end zone. End zone. It's, it stayed 2014 for so long, and you're thinking, can't the offense just get something going? They gave them the opportunities. And offensively, maybe for the, one of the first times, maybe other than Cincinnati, one of, the, one of the first times this year, the offense just couldn't make that play or get that drive together. Now, this isn't a new spectacle. This seems to be a trend going lately. Don't get me wrong. This time of the year, all coaching staffs get a chance to see more aspects of every team. There's more records on, there's more film actually on all the things the Raiders do, but it's kind of like the same as we have for them. We know the Vikings are going to do. We know what they're going to do. We know what they're good at. We know what they're bad at. It's just how we coach our team to make it so, to get a victory. I think that both sides of the ball to include the special teams, I mean, that was an absolute blown lane. There were two guys that were supposed to cover that lane of the ball, and they were not to be, I don't know where they were, uh, maybe having coffee in the coffee room, but they certainly weren't on the field. Uh, two weeks ago, this was the team that was number two in the entire NFL against the rush, and then 170 yards by D'Angelo Williams and 203 by yeah, Adrian Peterson. What the heck is happening? There's one guy that needs to be benched. His name is Nico Thorpe. I went back and watched the tape again last night, and who showed up on two touchdowns? Number one, on the kick return, he dogged it running down the field. He was five yards behind anybody, and he is the contain on the right side. And I know you were talking earlier, Pop, about the numbers, but you run down on the numbers, but if you see the ball come in your direction, it's your job to get push outside and make sure you push it back in to the rest of the guys. Yeah, leverage. Leverage. So, on a kickoff, you're talking. And yeah, then he blew on, the Adrian Peterson 80-yard run. Then he blew the 80-yard run. Those two plays, um, it, I mean, AP was good. I, I watched him again. I'm And when I was down on the sideline, I was like, damn. Because I thought earlier in the season, He's losing I, a did, bit. I thought he was losing it a little bit. I did not see that on Sunday. What do those two backs have in common? You saw Pitchbird and Adrian Peterson. Patience. Yeah. Both those two backs, they pick their way. Raiders a team, they want to bloody you up. They want to come after you. And you start creating, you played in defenses, Bill, when you got levels. And you have a defensive one guy's too far up the field, another one's too back. Now patient backs, you're patient, able to pick their holes. I watched these two backs. Because of patience, they were able to get big runs. Yeah, D'Angelo Williams is a great underrated back. Yeah. And, and Adrian, I, he's the best since OJ, in my opinion. They knew they got to stop 28. Yeah. And they, they actually widened out their splits a little bit with their D tackles, and they wanted to get the linebackers to fit in behind. And they were just a little bit late getting in there. And if you leave Adrian Peterson just one gap, mm. no matter where it is, he will jump cut to the gap. It could be four bodies this way or that way. The guy just finds the opening. You have to squeeze it completely down and not let him have any hatches out. Otherwise, he's going to jump cut to it. Another game of DJ Hayden, you know, <laughs> I don't get it. Why do we have him? Maybe he's the best option. I don't know. I, a lot of fans like him. Uh, North Turner, Mike Zimmer, Teddy Bridgewater obviously had a plan to go right after DJ Hayden. He's being attacked like he's a weak link on your defense. Uh, are, are you thinking that DJ Hayden might be a weak link on this defense? No, don't look at it that way. 
he went after they went after him with a double move that's not unusual to have uh to have somebody you know get double moved and um you know he he bit on it had an eye violation early in the game and um and and then had a pi at the end of the play but uh no really really uh other than that he was really pretty solid on the day so it wasn't like they were able to do a whole lot i mean they had a couple wide receiver screens uh, they hit a slant over the middle with a missed tackle that turned into a 30, 35 yard gain. But uh, that was not a that was not a day where the uh, the aerial aerial strike uh, you know really lit us up or anything. I, mean, I think they had 122 yards of of uh, net passing, and uh, we take that any day. Raider head coach Jack Del Rio. This guy misses so many tackles. It's not funny, um, and he's so far off. <laughs> I watch him because. Uh, I want to see if it's only me that, that's critical of this young man. We bring in one of the finest to talk about it, Eric Allen, who is an ESPN NFL analyst, a former NFL cornerback with six Pro Bowl selections underneath uh, his resume, 14 seasons, Eagles, Saints, and your Oakland Raiders. Eric Allen, good enough to join us here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks a lot, Eric. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. The Vikings... They're good. They're well-built. The Raiders are getting better. They're still being built. And you can tell that this offense is is way ahead of where the defense needs to be for them to really consider themselves a playoff team or a contender in any way, shape, or form. Eric Allen from ESPN here on the Damon Bruce Show. Is DJ Hayden a starting NFL corner? Well, yes, he is a starting NFL corner. But, again, he has to understand. And I've, I've talked about this several times with young cornerbacks and and you have to realize that everyone in the league is fast and big and physical and strong so it requires you to get into the film room and say okay what are my strengths and I'm gonna continue to strengthen those things but more importantly what are my weaknesses and what are teams seeing from me so what I would do is every three weeks I would have you know a uh, honest, you know, coach, maybe not the DB coach, but someone I trusted to sit down and break down film of me for three weeks, you know, the, the three-week period in games and say, you know what, hey, man, you know what, when you're pressing, here's what I see when you're pressing. And when you're, you know, playing off, here's what I see. So you get an honest look at yourself and you review yourself, just like teams are doing. Because believe me, when teams see the same thing over and over and over, they're going to continue to give it to you until you fix those mistakes, until you can show on film that you fix those mistakes that you have made over and over. There's no doubt he has the athleticism to be able to play at this level. It's just that he has to understand mentally that people are attacking him the same ways week in and week out. He has to fix that and show that on film and in practice. North Turner came right out after him, right in that first series. You could see him attacking DJ Hayden's side of the field. We're talking with Eric Allen here on 95.7 The Game. If we talked about really good corners in the NFL, we'd probably have an entire conversation without getting to Terrence Newman, who was drafted back in 2003, and this guy is still out there making plays. He had a really good game on Sunday. I'm always fascinated by the art form of certain positions. Eric, will you talk about playing the top of a route? Will you talk about what it's like to either stick with a guy in stride, to know when he's going to peel off? His interception that he had at Derek Carr, he just jumped Amari Cooper. I couldn't tell if he was baiting him, if he was beaten and recovered. It was beautiful. Yeah, the, the, that's the great thing, too. And, and you guys, 
see the opposing players making great plays. Uh, and that all comes from, particularly when you're talking about a veteran, most of those plays are made not just on Sunday, but the initial part of the play is made on Wednesday and Thursday in the film room, understanding, okay, this young player uh, is extremely quick and extremely fast, talking about Amari Cooper. And uh, what T. Newman does a lot of times is what I would do with a quick guy. Why get up there and press him and let him use all that athleticism to basically, you know, outmaneuver? So what you're going to do is if you press him, you're going to bail and you're going to play the top shoulder. And so you can see him and the quarterback at the same time. So once that quarterback starts his initial throwing motion, you have diagnosed if it's going to be an inside breaking route or outside breaking route based not just on what the receiver is doing, but on down and distance and the formation. So once I line up, I already have an idea before the ball even snap what kind of route this guy is going to run based on down and distance and formation. So if I know, you know, Derek Carr is a guy who likes to go on top on second and one, I could care less if he catches a slant. I just want to take away that route that he's been successful mm-hmm. with, and it's going to be on television, you know, <laughs> the big one. So Newland and like Charles, they do a great job of preparation during the week, and I'm going to take away that route that you seem to throw every single week in that formation and down in distance. And that's why T. Newman was able to almost jump that route because he knew it was coming. Another game of DJ Hayden, you know, <laughs> why do we have him? I, I just think that he is a lost experiment. I think we have to cut the cord on this particular one and move on from him. Now, maybe he's our best option. If that's the case, we are in big trouble. Now, Neuron Ball is still out with a knee. I think he might be out the rest of the season. No one's saying but it's very unfortunate for us. Nate Allen was back. TJ Carey is back not to help with this game. It is hard to win a game on a, on a team head of their division in the NFC North. Not a bad loss. We lost to a winning team. Got a lot of good guys on our team. Bridgewater looks better than he really is because of the team around him. I wish we had Adrian Peterson. If that was the case, we'd have a different game. Faux show. I think our offensive line needs help still, and our defense needs a huge amount of help. And I got to tell you this from the beginning of the season, our defense has slowly taken steps backwards pretty much in the last three games. I'm seeing a lot of problems. Um, so we'll see. Ken Norris get a lot of heat. We have a young team, it's, it's fundamentals, it's, it's tackling, it's gap control, it's being consistent. Uh, it's knowing how to win. Uh, it's all these things that we're uh, continuing to, continue to work on. Uh, you can't put it on one thing. All of us just need to, uh, I just need to become a better teacher. Uh, we need to be uh, better as far as our fundamentals. Our tackling is something we really put our foundation on, and somewhere along the way, way that, that, that failed us. Uh, our fitting of the runs, that's somewhere along the way that failed us. We work on that all, all day. So, um, you know, that's something, again, uh, we're getting better at. One thing we hang our hat on is no one runs the ball, no one throws the ball deep on us. And they attacked us at our, at our foundation of what we do best. So that really uh, set us back a little bit. And uh, it just really, a lot, I think a lot of times when things like that happen, it becomes a gift. Because sometimes you get a little complacent. You, you think that you're already good at something. It makes you, uh, you know, continue to work on the things you do well. You can't, uh, you can't overlook the things you do well. You continue to work on the things you do well and then make your weaknesses your strength. Uh, these are really good professionals. I mean, uh, we put together a group that loves ball, 
talks about ball. Uh, there's a lot of football left. I mean, there's a lot of games left. And uh, if you look at the standings and you look at the uh, division, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you, you, this is that time of year, right in the middle of the grind, that the good teams start to separate themselves. November, December, those are the times that the good teams start to separate themselves. So if we, uh, if we think we're a good team, let's do what the good teams do and put it all together. Uh, learn from all the things that we've had. We've had a, we've had a time where we looked really good and times where we haven't looked really good. And uh, it's, it's time now to put it all together. It's time now to use that, use that first half of the season uh, as, a, as a measuring point for us to see it, that we have the right stuff, but it's a matter of being consistently the right stuff. We've shown, uh, again, we've shown uh, resilience on the road, uh, being tough, uh, being able to start fast, being able to play with really good football teams. And uh, we finish sometimes, and sometimes we haven't finished. And it's, it's very obvious to all of us uh, in the room that we have a lot of work to do. And at the same time, they know that we are a good football team, but uh, we have to play. We have to play good football more often. We have to play good football for 60 minutes. We have to play good football and not give up uh, explosive plays. You know those things that uh, that the bad football teams do. They continue to give up explosive plays. So it's hard to be good and bad. Let's let's decide to be one or the other, and we choose good. So let's see if that works out. I know that the coach is not very happy. He's kind of confused. Jack Del Rio, good enough to join us here each and every Monday on 95.7 The Game. Coach, thanks an awful lot. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's always it's always easier to talk on a Monday after a win. I know. Than it is after a loss. I know. Let's have at it. I, uh, I Well, I was really hoping that that was going to happen, but very early on in the game, you could just tell, and uh, with all due respect, Coach, Minnesota's just got a better football team right now. As a matter of fact, that might be the best team in football nobody's talking about. They're complete. Uh, best is very subjective. So I ask, was that the most complete effort put against your team so far? Uh, let's just say they were better yesterday. Fair enough. Uh, what do you think made them better than you yesterday? Well, we, you know, each each of our three phases had an opportunity to impact the game in a positive way, and uh, and and had moments. But uh, in the end, you allow a kickoff return to go for a touchdown. Uh, you throw two interceptions. You're minus two in the turnover battle, and uh, you let the running back. Uh, uh, have way too much room, and and I wouldn't say he ran wild till the very end when he popped that 80 yarder, but uh, they they were able to control the ball, control the clock, and and move the ball uh, with an effective running game, and then of course he hit the big one to put up the ugly stats. Um, but uh, the bottom line is they controlled it too well, and all three phases had a chance to be better in that game. Yeah, I mean I agree with you there, and and you know it's clear that the afternoon ended up getting away from you. Uh, it seemed like Mike Zimmer. And Minnesota and that defense was as good a tackling team as I've seen all year. It, you know, there were no yards after catch. There were no yards after contact for uh, an awful lot of the plays that you ran. And I thought that that was a big part of this game. Minnesota was just an excellent tackling football team. Agreed. Agreed. I think uh, anytime you see a good defensive performance, you're going to see good, clean, crisp tackling. And that's that's what they did yesterday. You know, you've seen a lot of great running backs. You played with a lot of great running backs. And, yeah, it was a big 80-yarder that really made the, the numbers gaudy against you. But wh- where do you put Adrian Peterson on your personal list of great tailbacks? Yeah, no, he's he's one of the all-time greats. The guy's uh, uh unbelievable combination of uh, of, of skill, size, speed, and, and awareness. 
you know, I think he's a he's a terrific football player. Raider head coach Jack Del Rio. How much did you miss Rodney Hudson yesterday? Did his absence change your game plan at all? <clears throat> no, not not really. Uh, you know, obviously you miss a Pro Bowl type player. I mean, Rodney's you know really a special player, uh, but. You know, really, Tony did a solid job for us uh, stepping in and and uh, and giving us a winning performance. I thought he did, too. I, I really thought that that was going to be the glaring reason, if you did lose, why you lost pressure up the middle. Carr's got a guy in his lap all afternoon, and that wasn't what happened. I thought Bergstrom played very well. Yeah, no, he, he we're proud of him. He did a good job. He prepared hard and uh, takes a lot of pride in his, in his work and uh, stepped in and, and, and did what he's supposed to do. Raider head coach Jack Del Rio on 95-7 the game. Uh, defense just not living up to its end of the bargain. You know, if this ends up to be a, a, a year where there is no playoff appearance, I think it's going to be easy to look at which side of the ball uh, did not live up to its part of the, like I said, the bargain. 28th in total yards, 408 yards per game. Coach, has there been any thought of replacing Ken Norton or at least taking over defensive play calling yourself? No, we're going we're gonna to work through this uh, together. We've got a good staff. Uh, we've got a good group of guys. I, I think there was there were some real positive signs yesterday. I thought our pass rush was consistent throughout the game. Uh, our, our actually our you know pass defense. Now part of that is they were able to run it and be comfortable running it. But the the reality is uh, we had good coverage. Uh, we we uh, affected the quarterback with our rush. We got four sacks. Uh, we did some good things there and. Um, no. So, you know, to answer your question, we'll continue to work through this and uh, expect to be better. We know that the last couple of weeks in particular, uh, you know, have been less than less than you know what we're looking for. And uh, we'll continue to push in film session. How vocal are coaches as opposed to veteran leaders in the room when it comes to critiquing plays and series? In our in our meeting rooms, yes. the coaches are doing the coaching, and players are speaking up if they have a question or if they have something they want to communicate. But uh, the coaches do the coaching. I guess that's good. That's good. That's <laughs> that's good. I was just wondering, you know, like, would you lean over to Charles Woodson and say, Charles, what should have happened there? And he teaches no. through that point. No, no. Uh, offense is moving best when you're in a no huddle. Is that something we'll see a little bit more of? You're talking about it in terms of yesterday. Yeah. Well, the offense was moving in the no huddle when they were playing more of a kind of a bend but don't break prevent. So, I think uh, we will continue to mix the the no huddle and the up tempo as as we have throughout the year. And uh, I think that at this time is a, a big turning point for our team. We are either going to pack it in or fold it up, or go on to do greater things. For me, when you look at this Raider team. They're they're eleven points, eleven points from being seven and two. It they are so close and still no cigar. Yeah. I look at things differently. I'm saying, okay, I understand this is not you and Bill are right. This is not an elite team. I get it. They're not a great team. I get that. But here's the thing that you can work on. You are who you are. I get that. But you don't have to give up a kickoff return. You don't have to let Adrian Peterson go for eighty. All you got to do is stand up against Pittsburgh and make a tackle instead of trying to cut underneath and just say, I'm going to play over the top and tackle. There's there's games in there that you look at, and it's not athletic ability. It had nothing to do with athletic ability. It had something to do with discipline. Coaching? 
Coaching and discipline and attention to details. Situational kill- football. It's killing yeah. this team. You're not. I understand you're not good on the back end. I get that. But you you damn near but not give an 80-yard touchdown. All you got to do is tackle the guy and quit trying to go underneath on a you pick guys, route. You guys, I believe in fighting till death. Okay, I really do. I believe in that. And when I'm watching the end of the game, we got the ball back with a minute 42. And they gave us the middle of the field. We had three timeouts. And we were 16 points down, so we would have had to score, go for two. Yeah, it's 30, get, I mean, After the Peterson Exactly. Touch. We would have had to get an onside kick, go down and score, and get two again. Hey, is that probable? Probably not. But I still believe in fighting till death. Our first timeout was not called until 54 seconds. Because to me, you use up your timeouts, preserve the clock, and hopefully you can score fairly quick and still leave 30 to 40 seconds on the clock. So you're doing onside. Sure. Our, our second timeout was used at 17 seconds. They were giving us the middle of the field. and You're saying they gave up. We, uh, we did give up. And I was, I was ready to go through the TV. It drove me crazy to watch us because I still believe that mentality is I'm going to fight to Bill Belichick. Do you think for one second he wouldn't be going till the end, somehow, some way, preserving that clock, working it the way he does? And I just felt like we gave up. And it really bo- it bothers me. I have the printout here, and yeah. it's been eating at me since the game. Right after the, the Peterson run, you're saying? Yeah, right after the Peterson, right we had to score yeah. 16 points. And I just want to fight. I believe this is Jack. You know, he's a tough guy. I want to fight till the end. Fight to death. We can win our division, believe it or not. We can go to the playoffs, believe it or not. I think this team needs to believe it because it's a definite possibility, and I think more has to be said about that direction in the locker room. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's the case. Uh, we talked playoffs earlier. You got the uh, the Steelers now at six and four. You got teams like the Jets and the Bills at five and four. Now the Chiefs are four and five as well. Raiders are four and five. You're at the Lions. You're at the Titans and Chiefs at home. And then you go to Denver, seeing what Denver's going to do. Uh, what do you think of where the Raiders are positioned right now? Obviously, they have to play better, especially defensively. But uh, there looks like some winnable games where maybe they can get back into this thing. Yeah, I look at it. You got the Lions, Titans, and Chiefs. You got to go two and one. You got to win two of those three. Got to win two of those three. And then you look at it another third. You say, okay, after that, you have the Broncos, Packers, and Chargers. Go two out of that three. And then you know the last game, anything can happen against the Chiefs. So uh, Raiders, they're in a tough situation, but all they got to do, they still can, they just need to win. Go out and play. If they play their best, there's not a team on this schedule that just scares you, say they can't compete with. No, I agree. Uh, the only thing that, here's another thing that concerns me. Mm-hmm is when I listen to the guys after the game. And I know, hey, you just lose the game. and You're talking to the players. The players. Yeah. And they're being interviewed. And, and I don't know if I'm reading into this, but I just try to look at body language. They just seem def- really defeated to me. Mm. And and I, I hope that doesn't carry on because I, I do believe the Pittsburgh game wore them out so much that it had a lot to do with them losing this past game. It's physical. It's yeah, physical I, you game. know, 
I, I, I'm going to put a little moratorium on the playoff talk for a little bit. I think we were a little giddy. And they, they played so well coming out of the bye. It seemed like they had a great plan. Uh, they jumped the Chargers. They jumped the Jets. But really, when you see them up against a team like Minnesota, who I, I think is an underrated team, and just how well they, they play complementary football, as Bill's saying, you got to know who you are. Who are you? And then you have to go out and, and marry offense, defense, special teams, and everything together and be a solid football team. I, I just don't think they're quite there yet. Uh, I think they're playing better than I thought they would. Uh, and going on the road is going to be a challenge. These two teams are having terrible years. Uh, Detroit, their whole front office, get fired. You know, if those guys don't play better, they're going to get fired too. So uh, it's not going to be easy going on the road. But I, I think, you know, I, I think you have to just kind of slow your roll a little bit on where they are. In reality, there, there are some teams that are just clearly better than them, and it's just the process you have to, to build it. I think they'll get there, and they have some young and exciting players, but I, I just don't know if they're quite on that kind of level. When you see a team like Minnesota come in and, and not miss a single tackle the whole game, you're like, whoa, where's this coming from? I don't think they're quite at that level yet. The Vikings beat us up at home. It's a bad loss, bad loss for us, and it seems to me that Derek is throwing a lot of interceptions in the end zone. Maybe it's just me. Now, what did you see pop on that on that comeback with Amari Cooper on that pick? Did you see the guy not come back, or was I just was my eyes lying to me? Well, I actually watched it huh. back on the All Twenty Two, and and Derek, uh, he he just went to it. Shouldn't he never he never looked at it. He, he did. He was trying to look off the safety. He was looking to his left the entire time. He trusted. And when he, and when he yeah, he trusted it. Yeah. He and went then, to Crabtree first. He looked Crabtree, yeah. and Crabtree was running a shallow, and someone was on him, and yeah. he turned and just went right to Amari, and you, you can't do it. They're running two trail is what they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Newman is playing underneath the yeah. routes. Yeah, he undercut it. Yeah. The young man, second-year player, has to calm down and realize that we need those points. Three or seven is way better then turning the ball over. Have some patience. Make sure you're with your passes. Make sure you see the, the play clearly, Derek. Love our quarterback. But these end zone, you know, interceptions are a little bit devastating, to say the least. I think we'll get that cleaned up. Um, I, these guys need another bye week. They're not going to get one. They're flying to Detroit. <laughs> and it ain't warm there. But thank goodness they're playing in a dome. That's a great thing. Well, we lost the Vikings. Uh, not a surprise, uh, but it was a surprise to me, quite honestly. And the other surprise to me, and it really pissed me off, was watching Adrian Peterson at the end of the game run for 80-plus yards for a touchdown, like icing on the top. Like they played with us and played with us. And uh, you know what? I didn't know if that was, you know, it wasn't necessary. They're going to win already. But still, uh, it was an insult to say the least. Our defense, our running defense is really sucking right now. I think we're like 28th in the league. From a touted run defense to 28th in the league, well, I don't know. You're going to have to ask our defensive coordinator what happened. (laughs) And that is all I have to say about that game.
right, let's do the pregame for my little kitty. <laughs> They're not so little right now. I'm kind of worried, to be honest with you. Let's talk about it. The Oakland Raiders fly to Detroit to face the Detroit Lions, of which uh, are pretty happy right now in their two-win season. They actually beat the Green Bay Packers, and they beat them pretty bad (laughs) at home in Green Bay. We have the voice of the Lions, Dan Miller, joining us. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. Let's start with this. Obviously not what everybody expected coming off a playoff year two and seven, but a nice win last week in Green Bay to finally end that streak. Uh, why, uh, Why the issues with the Lions so far? Man, uh, we we could do a whole show on yeah. that. It's it's just been a, a year that uh, a lot of things that I think they expected to go right have gone wrong, and a lot of plans they made that they thought would would put them in a good position haven't. I think you can start the offensive line that they rebuilt the middle of the line hasn't worked out yet. It's been a big problem. They haven't run the ball well. They haven't protected their quarterback very well. That's that's really led to the offense not being able to produce much in terms of points. Um, and I think defensively, they lost in Dominican Sue. They brought Haloti Nada in, not thinking that he'd be Sue, but helping that he would at least soften the blow a little bit. And Nada's been hurt for much of the year and hasn't been able to play. So that's been significant. DeAndre Levy has missed all but a half a game this season with a hip injury. Uh, so your two best defensive players from last year are gone. So um, it, it's really been one of those years where everything that could go wrong kind of has gone wrong, and the record reflects that right now. Dan, help me out with this one. So seven games this year, the Lions have scored fewer than 20 points. The Raiders, on the other hand, they've allowed 30 or more points in four of nine games. How's this going to play out, this offense against this defense? You know, uh, we have seen teams that we thought the Lions had a chance to get healthy against before, and it hasn't worked out that way. I think, you know, guys, when I think you're at this level, the opposition means something. There's no doubt about it. But I think more often than not, it's about what you do. The best teams in this league, it's no real mystery to what they do. You know, teams know what they're going to do. It's just a question if you can out-execute them. And I think the Lions have not been able to out-execute much of anybody this year. Um, you know, even in getting that win over Green Bay, they had three points in the first half. They had a one-yard drive for their second touchdown, and then a real good time-consuming drive late in the game that was impressive that they needed uh, in that fourth quarter that did that for them. But, um, you know, offensively, man, they have really, really struggled. And, and I know Oakland's having a tough time in particular against the pass. We'll see how that works out. But uh, consistency has been very hard to come by for the Lions and you know, this is the first of a three-game homestand, and these fans right now, you know, are not particularly happy. So it's it's important for the Lions to get off to a fast start to get these fans behind them a little bit. You know, it's interesting too uh, in looking at this uh, this whole thing. I mean, it's been it's been years, obviously, and there's been some playoff uh, sprinkled in there, as you pointed out. But what what does the fan base think? How are they reacting? Obviously, there's been some major front office changes. What what has that been like? Well, I think they're taking a wait-and-see attitude, and I think that's really where it, it, it is right now, is waiting to see what they do. They're naming a new president this afternoon. Um, the general manager searches what will come next, mm-hmm. and I think fans want to see what they come up with there. Because when you fire the president and the general manager, which they did within the past couple of weeks, it certainly signifies a major shift in the direction of the organization. And that's where they are right now. So, um, you know, Fans have been through this before. They have seen changes with this team before. But certainly I think the hope is 
you know, I've kind of viewed it as an opportunity. Um, there is no curse. You're not destined to lose. You're not destined to, you know, fail if teams in the past have failed. The only thing you're doomed by are your mistakes. And they have a chance to, to go out, reorganize this organization, put it in a, you know, start it in a direction where they can win more consistently and see what happens. But I think the fans right now are taking a wait-and-see attitude. The strange thing is, through all of this and all these changes, you've got basically half a season still to go. Yep. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I think the fans are are cautiously looking to the future now and wondering what it might hold and whether it might you know, signify changes that will help the organization. Well, I mean, obviously, it's tough to sell 2-7, and seven, but how big was the win against the Packers last week for this team? It's big for the players and coaches in particular because it allowed them to breathe a little bit. You know, when you're 1-7 and seven and nothing's going well and you're going to a place we haven't won since 1991, nobody really expects much out of it. And then they're in a position to win and, you know, three or four things happen where it looked like it might get away from them and they were able to survive. It, it was big for the organization. It was big for a lot of fans to be able to breathe for a couple of minutes. But very quickly, you know, you come back down to earth and you realize you got to deal with the Raiders coming up this week. But it clearly was nice to get that long streak out from under them. Dan, always great to catch up with you. Thanks. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll uh, have a good call on Sunday. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Take care. So Lions are flying high right now. They know they can win. Terrible time for the Raiders to blow into Detroit. Uh, Even though they play in a dome, the Raiders don't travel very well, as we know. We're doing better. But they're going into a house that's filled with hope. Worst thing that could happen. (laughs) Matthew Stafford is playing his ass off, uh, especially his last game. Crazy. Crazy. And what's so shocking is you look at Matthew Stafford coming out of Georgia, all the tools in the world, and you look what, you know, he's the future of the Detroit Lions. And now in question, I mean, how do people in Detroit view the young quarterback now? Well, I, I, I think one, they'd say he's probably not as young as he used to be. This is his seventh year in the league. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's a polarizing issue. You have some people that will look and say, you know, he's having trouble even getting time to throw this year. How can you expect him to be, you know, even remotely productive? And then you have people that say, look, he's been around long enough. This is time to cut bait, and it's time to move on. It's time to find a new quarterback. And and I think really that's all going to come down to whatever management team is put into place after this season. But um, there, there is no consensus on Matthew Stafford right now. People have different ideas about where they think he should be and where they think he is. I still think he is a guy that can play this game. You can win games with him. This system that he's been in for the last year and a half does not seem to be a good fit for him. And I think that it'll be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. My my guess is that you're going to get a new management group that comes in here, new general manager, maybe a new coach. That remains to be seen. But they're going to look at it and say, you know what, you can get back on the train where you're trying to find a different quarterback every week or every year or something like that some of these teams are doing. Or you can try to ride it out with this guy for another year, new offensive system, and see if you can make something out of him. If you can, great, you move forward. If you can't, at that point, you can cut your ties. But I just think he is better than what the options are right now. But that that remains to be seen where that goes. And that's, that's going to be one of the major, major questions in the offseason. Dan Miller, good enough to join us. He's the voice of the Lions, of course, Raiders and Lions, coming up this weekend at Ford Field. And, you know, we know it as well, and we're seeing it on both sides of the bay out here where Derek Carr is finally emerging, but after years of, of trying to go through quarterbacks since Rich Gann was here, Colin Kaepernick is struggling with the 49ers. And, you know, as you're talking about, 
the reoccurring theme here is too much pressure is put on the quarterback. You got to have, as you said, the offensive line. The Raiders' offensive line is better. They draft Amari Cooper. They bring over Crabtree. Latavius Murray's pretty solid. You look at the 49ers, their offensive line is in shambles. They don't have a running game. They don't have a lot of weapons. And the guy can't do it alone. Yeah, but the pre- and the pressure is there because you have to have that guy. You have to have yeah. that quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're just pretending. If you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're not going to win. So, you know, that's why so much is put on that and then so much pressure and so many expectations. And ultimately, you know, these guys have to deliver. But it, there does have to be a complete package there. And, you know, the Lions thought that they were moving in that direction this offseason when they replaced, you know, one of their guards and one of their centers and, and or their center and thought that they were going to, you know, be bigger up front and be able to protect and form more of a pocket. But it just it has not translated, and they've tried. I mean, you got a first-round pick playing left tackle. you got a first-round pick playing guard, a third-round pick playing guard, a third-round pick playing center, and right tackle's kind of been a revolving door. But they've put assets into it. It just hasn't translated into to anything that has been able to sustain yet. Golden Tate's getting balls. Uh, Megatron's getting balls. And Stafford is putting them right in a position to win, for crying out loud. I I just <laughs> just a week ago I was I was pretty comfortable with this game thinking that we should be able to get a W here not too difficult. Well, the worm has turned and it looks like it's going to be a lot more difficult than I had thought. The Lions against the Green Bay Packers look like a completely different team and like I said, hope is a killer to a team like the Raiders uh when they're coming into town. And you know, Detroit, I played there when I was in San Francisco. We had a really good team. I played there when I was with Denver. We had a really good team. And I tell you what, they were really tough place. It was a tough place to play because there's nothing exciting about playing the Detroit Lions. Okay, the city is awful. The team is <laughs> awful. There, no, the, the team it's is. Dreary. The it's te- dreary. It is. It no, is. No, it is. The energy. I mean, it's like both those games, they were like, are you kidding me? Why didn't we blow out this team? We won the world champ. Sure. We, we won a world championship yeah. in Denver and we went there and we could hardly even beat them. So this, this place scares me. Mm, it does. Plus the early kicks. I, I, I don't right. know if we talked about it with you guys. I, I know on Sunday morning, it's hard to get up. It's easier for me to get up on Saturday morning. When you fly, and then it is to get up on Sunday. I don't know why. That's just it. Just seems unfair to ask a West Coast team to go there and kick the game off at ten o'clock in the morning. I just don't think the guys are fully ready to roll. And how, how would you? How did you guys handle that as players? Did you? Did you feel like when you were playing on a West Coast team, low in San Diego, and Bill with the with the Raiders, that it was hard to go play in those early kickoff windows? I would take an ambient the <laughs> night before. I would look at knock out yeah. like eight o'clock, eight thirty, and go to a team meeting. I'd get that ambient, so I would I would be ready. And a lot of the guys my do tackle that. box, yeah, okay, my well, tackle box got me that. ready. I, I okay, I, I got to take an ambient Saturday yeah. night. Good call, though. Yeah, but they, I mean, look, I don't want to be knocked out that long. <laughs> but they, Bill, Bill had a ta- but Bill had a special box. Yeah, I don't know. Our tackle. So box. you would sleep till what time? You take it at eight eight thirty after the last meeting. Yeah, I, I on take Saturday. It, yeah. You sleep till what time? I, I would get up still around seven, six or seven, because yeah. I was yeah. I, I was fully rested. I got an extra couple extra hours. And I was like, okay. So I was right back on course. Now, I, I did feel that we had a, a bunch of ups 
as opposed to the Lions. But however, if you look at the stats, we're pretty close. Pretty close in a lot of areas. The one area that I'm not happy about is pressure on the quarterback. We, If we do not get to Stafford and we let him throw the ball around, he will take this game. He will beat us by himself. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They have a terrible running game. They have a horrible running defense. But without our center, it could be difficult to mount a decent run game. Now, I'm hoping that our coaching staff pulls their head out and actually plans this game better than they did the previous two losses. Couple of road games coming up for you on your schedule at Detroit and then at Tennessee. You catch the Lions coming off their first win in Green Bay in in decades. Would you rather face a team coming off an emotional win or reeling in a long losing streak like Detroit had been? Uh, well, you'd rather have, uh, you know, the quarterback and the backup quarterback injured and out, and you'd, <laughs> you'd like to have their top three receivers injured and out and not playing. No, I mean, you take them as they come, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we know that Detroit has a lot of talent and, uh, they're a team that, uh, had a, had a big day against Green Bay last weekend and everybody was telling them how they hadn't lost in whatever, however many decades it had been. And, uh, they rose up and played a heck of a football game and, We'll be ready to go into their place this weekend. Looking ahead to Calvin Johnson, is that a double team all day long? Uh, we'll, we'll see what we have to do. I know that uh, he'll definitely get a lot of attention. Coach, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hopefully next Monday we're talking about a, a win over the Lions. Uh, if not, we always do appreciate your time very much. Thank you. Okay, David. Thanks for having me. Now I'm hoping that our coaching staff pulls their head out and actually plans this game better than they did the previous two losses. I don't think it's the players. I think they're not in a position to win. I think we're getting outcoached, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I don't get that, but we are. Now I know we suffer from a lack of talent in the backfield, but I just know that we have the, the muscle up front to stop the run. I know we have the linebacking core to stop the run. So what the hell's going on? We have numerous missed tackles. If you look at a game, this last game against the Vikings, against the, the first two games, three games, even the game against the dog on Cincinnati Bengals, we tackled better. It's amazing how we're missing these simple tackle, tackles, the leverage issue that the coach talks about. Um, it, it just seems to me that we've degraded back to the beginning of the season. Uh, when it seems to me we were going in such a positive direction, we're kind of we're kind of hitting a, a, a tough road right now. Well, we knew it was going to be tough, and we knew it was going to be a long season. And this is the time for men to stand up and make a statement. Either we're going to or not going to go to the playoffs. Either we're going to try to win or we're not. That's very simple. Uh, you know, it's a long season. This is actually going towards the back half of the season. A lot of injuries, a lot of tired players, no excuse for a team who has the potential to go to the playoffs. We cannot sit on our ass and watch this slip through our fingers like we have with Mr. Bubbles before. Uh, We did that a couple times in our eight and eight seasons. We were on the cusp of making a playoff, and then the last game was a popcorn fart. We cannot have that in Detroit. 
And Detroit will send us home with an L if we're not playing our best football. Now, we're going to see a big thing here, and the big thing for me is passion. Now, I know the Raiders played their ass off on Sunday against the Vikings. I'm sure they did their best. It doesn't look like they left anything on the field. It just, to me, it seemed like they were out of position on a lot of plays, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They were way away from any action. Uh, That worries me a lot. we got to get that fixed before we hit Detroit. Well, we're going to be in Detroit. They're probably going to be in Detroit while I'm talking to you right now. Uh, Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, Dave Chapman. There's several. Manny, there's a lot of lot of great fans making that trip to Detroit. I hope they go there for a win. It's going to be a tough game. Thank goodness it's going to be inside. Uh, The Raiders need this victory to move on uh, to a playoff spot. This is a make-or-break game for our team. Don't let anybody tell you it's not. Because these are the games you have to win in order to play in the playoffs and win one of those games. Uh, I don't know the mentality. Uh, I certainly know that the coach wants it. The team seems like it's a little tired. It's it's playing lethargically in my eyes anyway. So I believe that uh, we'll see the true Raider team coming out here in Detroit. We have to see a team ready to play, ready to win and ready to punch these guys in the face and not give them an opportunity to feel like they can win this game. We're talking with Bill Romanowski, our Raiders insider. All right, Bill, uh, for you, what is your what are you looking for from the Raiders to bounce back in Detroit? You know, I, I just want to see them somehow, some way get a win. I don't care if it's ugly. Just get a win. And I think this is a game where they have to put it in Derek Carr's hands to win the game for them. This is a, uh, you know, they've had to deal with adversity this week. We know about, we all know about the Alden Smith situation. We hope that's not a big distraction. We know it's a big loss in talent on the defensive line. But how much of a distraction is that going to be, and how much will that affect them, and how much will that affect Ken Norton and Jack Del Rio as they dial in the defense getting ready for this game? Bill, have you reached out to Alden? Have you? Had have a, I? Yeah, have you had the opportunity to reach out to Alden after the suspension? I, I haven't. Is he a guy that you? I, is he a guy that you would, if he was reached out to, would you mentor him, and what would be some of the things you would try to work with him on? Well, I've had a lot of addiction in my family, so I understand it. I've dealt with it, you know, with uh, with a brother of mine. So, to me, it's ultimately a decision that he has to make. Is he ready to make... Uh, his recovery, number one in his life. Because without that, he really will lose everything. Everything he has. His family, his friends, his money, his, uh, you know, his career, everything. So that has to be number one. And to me, hopefully, he's got a really good support system right now in place. Because I think he's going to be pretty bored for the next year. And if it was me, I would take it to the track 
to the weight room, and I'd get my body so ready to play football a year from now, and hopefully with good conduct he could come back a little sooner. And I really hope that the Raiders sign him to a contract. Bill, with this defense now, they've already been kind of hurting the last couple of weeks in the running game, in the passing game. But of late, the running game has been really, really bad. Now, they were doing more of a 3-4 with Alden and Cleo Mack. Do you think the defense is going And What adjustments did you see this defense doing now? Well, to me, it's, it's all about attention to detail. It's about assignment. It's about leverage. And it's about tackling. So everyone has to know what they're supposed to do. They have to know their leverage, their assignment. And tackling is an attitude and a mindset. And to me, a lot of people want to say, oh, they they don't tackle very much in practice. They don't wear pads anymore. Well, guess what? I didn't wear pads 90% of my career in practice. For the 49ers, hardly ever had them on in practice during the season. The Denver Broncos, hardly ever. Uh, One of my years in Philly, hardly ever. In uh, Oakland, hardly ever. So I was very fortunate. But with that being said, when I took the field, I had a mindset that I was going to knock the crap out of somebody. And that's what I was going to do. So I went into a football game just knowing I was going there to try to hurt somebody and level them and take them to a place of pain to where I would give our team the best chance to win. We're talking with four-time Super Bowl champ Bill Romanowski. All right, Bill, here's your John Denver. So we got some John Denver for you. The Raiders in Detroit, they've lost two in a row. Give me the speech for the team that needs to break a two-game losing streak. Man, it's time to come together as one. We've been down for two weeks. And today, we are going to do what the league doesn't think we can do. We're going to come together, and we're going to go out there, and for 60 minutes, we're going to knock the crap out of people. We're going to beat people up in the trenches. We're going to tackle better than that team, and we're going to dominate them for 60 minutes. You hear me? As men, we're going to come together, and no one is going to stop us. No one come on. is going to beat us today. Come on, Billy. We are Raiders. And it's a commitment to excellence. Yeah. And nobody is going to dominate us today. Do you hear me, man? Yes, sir. Let's go out there and kick their ass all over the field. Oh, my God. Yeah. Drop the mic on him, Billy. Drop the mic on him. Stay hydrated, Bill. <laughs> Four-time Super Bowl champ Bill Romanowski. Romo, you're a stud. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Okay, take care, guys. We must score early, we must score often, and make it so they must pass the ball on every down. This is what we must do, is score, score, score. Uh, We have had trouble with that. 
Our defense have, has had trouble stopping the score. Uh, and if we don't score touchdowns, which is a most active part of our team, uh, we're not going to win. We must produce yards, hold the ball, time of possession, all the great things good offenses do. We need to do that Sunday against the Lions or we will come home with an L. Uh, the offense must carry this team. That's how it is. That's how it's been through this season. Uh, we need the offense to make a big statement there in Lions country. <laughs> oh, gosh. We need to win this damn game. I'll be watching. You be watching because uh, we're favored by a point. Uh, yeah, you know how far we've fallen when we're favored by a point against the Lions. Uh, that's pretty much sums up this game. So let's get it together. I know we can win this game. Like I knew we could win the last two. I was sure. I'm positive. We must be coached better. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad the bone. No, right. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone line and let us know what's happening, man. I got my opinion. I want to hear your opinion. Let's hear it. It's important to everyone. So who's the first on the line? Raider Tom from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Bro, I am so bummed for you. What's up? Raider Greg, this is Raider Tom from Minneapolis, Minnesota. In a couple days, we'll be flying down to uh, San Francisco and getting off the plane. We've got tickets to go to the Raider game versus the Minnesota Vikings. Got tickets at the, at the Legends Lodge. My wife and I are going down there. She's a Viking fan because she's born and raised in this area. I think we're going to have a pretty easy time with the Vikings myself. I just listened to your podcast just now. It was really epic. Very, very good. But the Vikings haven't played anybody who has a winning record until last week when they played the Rams, and they barely beat the Rams. I don't think the Vikings are that good. Uh, Bridgewater is suspect. He's not very good. Adrian's 30 years old. He's on the decline. I mean, come on. Uh, I have a lot of money put in this game. A lot of people up here in Minneapolis are betting me money, and I'm hell. I'm taking up. I'm betting them. And at the beginning of this season, you know, I had a I had an inkling that I should have put a hundred dollars at the Vegas uh, to to the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. It was the, the odds were one one hundred to one. So if I bet a, if I bet a hundred dollars, I'd have won ten thousand dollars. They win the Super. Bowl. I think we're going to the Super Bowl this year. I could be, you know, I, that's what my gut feeling. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. And we're going to blow everyone away. 101 odds, you win $10,000. I mean, $100, we've all spent, like, back in the day when we were dating, $100 on some worthless bitch when we were dating, and we blew 100 bucks. I mean, I'll throw $100 down, but I support my Raiders 100%. Looking forward to seeing you. I'm definitely going to go see the bad bad boys at barbecue while I'm down there. Uh, I'm looking forward. This could be my vacation week. I'm going down there to party with the boys. The Raider Nation, keep up the good work, and I will see you game time. Go Raiders. I'm out. It's time like these. I wish I had a crystal ball because, you know, I would have bet on the Raiders too in this game, but I don't bet. Thank God for that. Uh, this this game, we totally could have won. <laughs> Listen, the Vikings are not going to the Super Bowl. You could put money on that for sure, Vegas or anywhere else. Sorry you bet so much, bro, but 
They're the Raiders. They could have won. They should have won at home, uh, but they didn't. They played uh, pretty pathetic. I think they were coached poorly, honestly. Um, but I hope you enjoyed your time. I think you probably did uh, at the tailgate with the rest of us. <laughs> it was a good time, bro. I hope you and your wife had a pleasant time. And our next caller is the Raider Chief from Sonora. What's going on, bro? Raider Greg, this is Raider Chief from Sonora. Called a few times this year, haven't gotten on. Not upset about that. What I'm upset about is how the Raiders came to play today against the Vikings. I know the Vikings are good, so I didn't expect them to beat them because they are a good team, the Vikings are. The Raiders don't beat good teams. They beat garbage teams like the Chargers and the Ravens and the Browns. And I got, they got lucky against the Jets, which is, I don't know how they pulled that out. They don't beat teams unless they got two or less wins. This might be the most overrated Raiders team I've ever heard in my life, seen or heard in my life. All these fans calling your show and on Twitter and on Facebook talking about how they're good. No, they're not good. They're not at all. I don't think any of these coaches are good as well. Maybe the offensive coordinator, but even he's kind of showing his colors today, going kind of soft and whatnot. It's ridiculous. What, I mean, start throwing the ball fucking deep or something. You know, all these little short patterns and whatnot, it just it ain't working for me, man. And the defense, which we thought was solid up until last week, has been fully blown, exposed. And they're just atrocious. Atrocious. It's embarrassment again. I thought maybe we had a little bit of life since we were beating those bad teams, the teams we should beat. No, no. I don't know how you're not in this game. You know, the, the, uh, right before happening, you know, Raiders 14 to 13, the very next kickoff, that special teams coach, he's the guy that calls the play, right, when you're kicking off. He told Janikowski to kick a line drive grounder to Patterson. You know Patterson's dangerous. I know Patterson's dangerous. How, I don't get it. Right down the field, touchdown, lead taken away. Get all the momentum taken right out from under you. And the defense is, it's abysmal, man. Where's Khalil Mack? Where is Khalil Mack? Why aren't they sending him after the quarterback? Why are, why, I, uh, it's frustrating, man. It's real frustrating. Just upset. Sorry about if I went nuts. Thanks for letting me do this phone call. All right. Go Raiders. Well, that's why we have the bone line, my brother, for just such an occasion and for people to let out what they feel and you have legitimate feelings. Coaching, for sure. Now, I totally had much more hope in this this team as, as the season went on. Uh, we did beat some losing teams. We lost to some losing teams. Shit, we lost to the freaking Chicago Bears. Uh, that's a game we should have won. This team is not solid enough to make a run to the playoffs. I mean, we could if all cylinders are going and we have buy-in from everyone, including the coaching staff. We're not there yet, but I know we're better than we have been in a long time. So let's just let's just take it easy the rest of the season, watch what happens, and go into the offseason and see how Reggie McKenzie and company pick up players and put them in a position so that we can go on and be a feared team next year. That's what I think. We'll see what happens, brother. Let's hope it gets better. 
Our next caller, my good brother, Rada John from Rhode Island. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Rada John from Rhode Island. Oh, man, just sitting here in disappointment. That's a tough loss, back-to-back weeks. But, I mean, it was we played all right, you know. They At least they fixed the secondary. That, that kickoff return was a backbreaker, literally. And... The referees were just up our ass today, man. Wow, sucks, dude. Sucks. It, it, it sucks to see the offense not be able to get into gear, you know, and like the interceptions and everything. But they're coming along, you know. It's like we're almost there. At least they they address issues and they attempt to fix them. And like, you know, now special teams, you know, you just got to make that play, man. Sucks, dude. But hey, what are you gonna do? Thank you guys for doing the show, by the way. I appreciate uh, being able to hear all like the radio stations out there in Oakland. We don't get them over here, obviously. So keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, guys. And uh, hang in there, Raider Nation. Keep your head up. We can win these next three games and get right back on track. All right? I'm out. Later. That was a tough loss. And the fact that we didn't score in the second half is very alarming to me. Uh, that's that's a tough – that's two full quarters – with no nothing, zero. We can't have it. We have to score more than that. Uh, with this defense of ours, if we don't, this is what's going to happen to us the rest of the season. I appreciate the call and the props, bro. And our next caller, my good brother, Rada Chris from Scranton, PA. What is going on? Raider Nation, Raider Randy, Raider Greg. <laughs> this is Raider Chris uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Just got done watching the game, and uh, I think the only good thing that came out of this game was the end of the game, because this game was pathetic. It really was. And to watch Peterson put the icing on the cake at the end of it with that long run just made me laugh. Like I'm not even mad. Like I'm, I've been laughing about this because. What a pathetic performance. I mean, Musgrave sucked. Norton sucked. Their offense sucked. Their defense sucked. Hayden sucked. Uh, they are, it just, I don't know what happened this week. I don't know if they were left in Pittsburgh and these were the substitutes. They're like the clones. I, I don't know. But uh, my biggest question was, what happened to Walford after he caught the touchdown? Is that he was not involved in any of the plays after he caught that touchdown pass. I don't know what happened there, but... uh. Yeah, just overall, I don't know what happened. I think I don't think this was our Raider team. I think they're still in Pittsburgh. I'm going to take a trip out there and uh, see for myself. Maybe they're drinking at one of the bars out there. But I'm not even mad. I'm just I'm just I'm in awe. Like I don't even know what to say. So I'm going to get off this line, and uh, maybe some of these other callers can say what I'm trying to say. But uh, talk to Detroit. We dropped to third place. Kansas City won. So, Raider Nation, I'm not let that fat girl in dodgeball. Listen, man, we all feel the same way you do. I can sound, I can hear it in your voice. This team was like a totally different team, like you said. Showed up and uh, didn't play well at home in front of a home crowd, which is full of energy. And you know, you got to win at home. You got to play harder at home. Uh, well, they haven't figured that out yet. Maybe someday some staff will coach them into that aspect of the game. Thanks for the call, bro. 
And our next caller, my very good brother, Obi-Wan Raider. What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? Are you know, Raider Greg? I didn't call in after last week's game. It's Obi-Wan Raider calling in from Magnolia, Texas. That defensive effort was bullshit. The second team, I mean, the special teams today was fucking horseshit. I know people are going to say, oh, well, Rodney Hudson wasn't there to make the fucking calls. You earn a paycheck like everyone else. Step the fuck up, man up. This is fucking ridiculous. The bullshit non-calls also are really starting to piss me off. On that run back by Cordero Patterson, I saw three fucking holes and a legal block in the back, and the refs didn't call that. This shit right here is what drives us fucking insane as Raider fans. You get behind the team, you spend your hard-earned money, whether it's fucking going out there to the game, whether it's going to the bar, whether it's setting up house parties and shit like that, leaving work early, for what? A bullshit, lackluster defensive performance, again, just not as asshole putrid as the one last week. The bottom line is this. We're going to come to the end of the fucking year, and if this team is not fucking at least 8-8, they can look back at four fucking games as the reason why. Chicago, you lose by two, you should have fucking won it. The Denver game. The defense balls on out, car last minute, fucks it up. You look at the damn, um, uh, the game last week against the Steelers. You fucking should have had that damn game. You get fucking beat up by a damn scrub. I'm trying to say positive rate of grace, but I'm not seeing a lot of fucking positivity right now. This shit is fucking bullshit, man. I'm beyond fucking livid right now. Yes, I tried not to call so I wouldn't be fucking negative, but fuck that. I need a goddamn vent session. There's no reason why we're right there at the cusp of playoffs. It's just like fucking Hugh Jackson all over again. We're leading our fucking division, then we just start fucking losing like fucking crazy. Game after game after game after game after fucking game. Step the fuck up, Raiders. Make your fans proud. As long and as hard as we stuck in there with you, as long and as hard as we sit there and take shit from everyone else, and we don't really give a fuck about that, but have our fucking back more often. Because right now, defense... Special teams, you don't. Obi-Wan Raider, fucking out. Well, my friend, it's great teams that win those games. It's great teams that can override and overrun the uh, the capability of losing in the fourth quarter um, like we have. Uh, and throwing interceptions at wrong times. You know, th- those teams are the ones we see at the end of the season fighting for the Super Bowl. This team and staff certainly will not be, uh, but it, it, there were some glimpses of, of, of sunshine here, so let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, they're playing better than they have in many years. Our expectations, perhaps a little too high. Thank you, brother, for the call. I feel you for sure. <laughs> Our next caller from North Carolina, Raider Rubin, is up in the house. What's up, brother? 
Later, Greg. Later, Randy. Later, Nation. This is Ruben from North Carolina calling in. What can I say? Terrible game. I think it's probably the worst game offensively and defensively together as one one piece, as a whole team. This is probably the worst they've played since the first game of the season. I mean, there was nothing on offense being done. Um, they didn't look sharp. I don't know what the heck was going on with the play calling. It was just terrible. And on defense, man, special teams, not good either. Letting Cordell Patterson run that kick return for a touchdown after we scored a touchdown. Had all the momentum in our ways. Like, they alone just took the air out of the Coliseum. And, man, that was just an ugly, ugly game. Um, I don't know what what's with the game management of Del Rio. Um, I don't know why. Why can't you just let you know let the car let let the play clock um, go down to the two minute warning? They had three seconds left with three timeouts, and we're moving the ball pretty well. And um, you know the hurry up offense. I know he wanted to get one to play off before the two minute warning um, came around, but I think that would have just got everybody settled down on offense and um, get everybody back together, be able to catch their breath and, you know, get them to relax. I think that they were playing a little bit too tight on, on that one play in particular. Um, I have to give, which I've had to give a grade, a D um, grade to anybody, Derek Carr. You know, I'm a big Derek Carr supporter, but, man, there was this, there was this place where he had all the time in the pocket and, just a little bit of footsteps around him. He just got rid of the ball when he was sitting off. Um, man, he just, just terrible game. Well, on to next week. Hopefully they can shake this one off and, uh, you know, put some more than, more than 14 points on the, on the scoreboard and not let um, Detroit and Megatron, you know, catch the ball all over us and score points on us. Well, we'll see, I guess. Until next week, Raider Nation. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, you know, what I'm hearing from you guys, the fans, is that it seems like we're regressing back to (laughs) what we've done in the past. It's scary. No one wants to go backwards. But it seems like the team is going backwards right before our very eyes. So let's just keep an eye on the ball here and an eye on the prize and hope we can straighten this out. Uh, The play calling was so lame in this game on both sides of the ball. Actually, in all three phases. Coaching staff, they need an ass-chewing, no doubt about it. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is the Nebraska Raider. What's up, brother? Yo, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Nebraska Raider calling in, Raider Nation. Um, Man... I just uh, just got home after watching the game, the Minnesota Vikings game, and uh, you know we we just gave that game up completely. Uh, conservative play calling, uh, um, time of possession was not in our hands, and um, you know I think uh, I think it really comes down to the uh, conservative bullshit of uh, Bill Musgrave on that on that whole uh, whole deal. I mean because really, um, well I mean there was one turnover that car threw. Uh, that was uh, picked up by number 23. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just, uh, you know, we're out of it this season. That's okay. Not really. I'm fucking pissed as hell. I'm keeping it in. I'm sure all of us are right now. And, 
Well, son of a bitch, man. We needed this game. We needed last game, and uh, you know we fucking blew it. So, but you know what? You look at our division. Fake Manning, he's on his way out. Uh, fucking Rivers, he's on his way out. He's up there in age. He's on his way out. Uh, and Alex Smith, he's not gonna win shit for anybody. So, um, we have the most uh, positive outlook in our division as a team, as a as you know, with our uh, quarterback and uh, and you all know this. So, you know, I'm just speaking what everybody's thinking. So, anyway, so. I'm pretty pissed off about this game, you know, I'm I'm just trying to keep it cool, and, uh, you know, fuck the Vikings, and fuck everybody else, I think we can win, uh, I, can, I think we can definitely beat uh, Detroit, and uh, the Titans, and I think we can uh, 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 take care of Kansas City at home, and then uh, the rest of the games are, are up in the air, but, uh, fuck, we needed to win these last two games, and we didn't, so, that just shows that you know, where we're at as a team. I mean, we have, we were better than this team today and we didn't beat a team that's worse than us. So anyway, love y'all. Uh, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, man, y'all are the fucking shit. You know, you already know this and, uh, props go out to you guys and, uh, uh Raider Nation. Love you guys. Uh, diehard Raider. This is a Nebraska Raider and I'm out. You know, I know it feels like we're going backwards. Like I said, um, but, we're going forwards. Uh, we're going to clean some stuff up. We're going to find out what we do better, what we do worse, and hopefully take care of that stuff and move on. Now, other teams have had time to see how we play and what we call. I think Musgrave's trying to outsmart himself because he certainly isn't outsmarting anybody else. I wish he would stay with a, uh, with a more aggressive game plan and stop screwing with it uh, with these run plays uh, that when you don't have your power center, you can't do. Uh, just this last game was a coaching nightmare. That's who blew this game. Wasn't the players as much, I don't believe. Thanks for the call, bro. And next from East Los Angeles, well, by way of the Oakland Coliseum, because you were in the house, bro, the Raider junkie was right up at the Coliseum. Great time seeing you at the tailgate, brother. Uh, what's up? What's up, Raider Gray, Raider Randy? I'm fucking pissed off. I'm sitting in my fucking hotel across the street from O.com. I am fucking pissed, man. We fucking lost a fucking game that we should have fucking won. You know what, man? I talked to you earlier. I thought we had this fucking game. But no, we fucking had to lose this game to which we needed to have. You know, there's no fucking way that garbage time, Adrian Peterson, that last touchdown was bullshit. I don't know how the fuck he got that touchdown. That was bullshit. All I'm telling you, Raider Greg, is, hey, Raider Nation, it was nice seeing you guys here. It was nice partying with you, Raider, Raider Nation, and Raider Greg. Got to see Gorilla Rilla. My nephew from Texas got to go see you, meet you, and meet other other Raider super fans. But hey, bottom line is we fucking lost this fucking game, and I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed. You hear me? Fucking pissed off as a shit. We better fucking come out next week and get a fucking win if we want to fucking be contenders for the fucking playoffs. We look like shit today. Especially on fucking offense, we look like shit. 
too many threes and now we didn't do shit. So, hey, Raider Nation, hopefully next next week we do fucking better because, you know what, this bullshit's got to stop, man. Defense cannot be out there all, all fucking day. Fucking Derek Carr and his offense need to get their shit together. Special teams, fuck you. You need to fucking step it up. You don't fucking give up a fucking return touchdown after your fucking offense fucking scores, assholes. Fucking tighten that fucking shit up. Sorry, Raider Greg. Had to let that shit out. You know? Fucking I'm tired of this bullshit. Raider Nation, the Raider Junkie is fucking pissed. And he won't be fucking, what do you call it? Like fucking over this shit until next fucking Friday. Maybe Saturday. But they fucking better win next week. That's all I got to fucking say. That junkie is fucking pissed. And his fucking family. We need to see some fucking wins, man. This is bullshit. We sure won this fucking game here. Anyway, fuck, fuck it. Fuck them bye, Queens. And you know what? I hope we fuck up when we play next week. I don't give a fuck who we play. But we fucking better win, man. This is bullshit. Uh, you know what? The fucking Lions are better fucking be skinned. I want to see some fucking lion meat on a fucking barbecue, Raider Nation. This is bullshit. Until then, the Raider Junkie ain't coming back until we get a fucking win. Do you hear me? Later. Well, I hesitate to count all the F-bombs that were thrown in there, but there were quite a few. I do have to tell you that uh, your frustration was shared by most of the Raider fans uh, all over the country, really. Um... And it's a shame when you have hope in a team, and especially when you bring your friends and family to a game at home, at the black hole, where they should play their best, and then they take a crap. That's a tough game to watch. Sorry about that, bro. I've seen so many there in Oakland. I was hoping that uh, you'd see a W, bro. You know. Thanks for the call, man. Hopefully you'll call back, because that means we won. And our next caller out of Orange County, the Raider Disciple, is in the house. What's up, brother? Raider Nation, this is the Raider Disciple out here in uh, Orange County. Just watching the game today, and, you know, guys, it's really nothing to totally get upset about. The, the problem is, is to sum it all up, man, we just have mediocre talent on that team. I mean, we have some good pieces to build around, and they're, they're doing as best they can with what they have. I don't want to call out any people who need to go because we all know who they are, and we know, know who they need to stay. But one thing that was on display today was that we have a running back, and they have a game changer. And that's the difference in us right there in our offense because every every time Adrian Peterson touched that ball, he was grinding. He was grinding. He was gunning for the end zone. And it just shows the style he runs, the way he runs. He he, he punishes our defenders, man. We just don't have that type of running back. And my honest opinion, I don't think Murray will ever be that. Um, obviously, we need some defenders in the uh, secondary. Um, you know, all I heard all day long was Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson. You guys, what would happen if we didn't have Charles Woodson? I'm going to say this to Ken Norton Jr. and Reggie McKenzie. You have a connection there, Reggie. If Seattle fucks around and does not give him Cam Chancellor what he wants next year, open your damn wallet and go get that guy. 
I'm telling you, you have to pay to win in this league. You cannot win with mediocre talent. You have to go out and spend the money on the players. Yeah, mediocre player, they have heart, but that's all they got, and that's all they're ever going to have. You want to get to the next level, open that down wallet, and they will get some big-name players. Now, you look like you're making the change. Maybe you can attract some better people. It's time to make a move next year. Um, nice running backs out there coming out of college. The guy out of Oklahoma, uh, P. Ryan, and the guy out of uh, Ohio State, Ezekiel. I don't know where we're going to be at in the draft, but those are two running backs you need to look like. Those are your look at. Those are your future Adrian Peterson's right there. I've been watching a lot of college football. Those boys are bad. Anyways, uh, you guys have a safe week, and I'm out. Bye. Yeah, well, it's tough to beat a dead horse. We've been beating this horse for years already. Uh, the talent has been lacking for years. <laughs> I could go over a, a myriad of names like, you know, number 20, uh, Darren McFadden is supposed to be the second coming, and he was the second going. Uh, and, of course, I don't believe Murray is the guy. We need a bruiser running back. Someone's going to be punishing other guys. You could see that we don't have that. Uh, we need some more talent on the team, obviously. But with what we have, the coaching staff has done pretty well. Uh, and then the last couple games, I just don't believe the players are in a position to, to, to make a play. That's coaching, bro. I have to call out the coaches on this. I know we need some talent, but, man, these coaches better learn. And I mean learn quick because uh, Musgrave coaching was terrible and so was Ken Norton's terrible. Both those coaches uh, were not there on Sunday. I appreciate the wisdom. And to calm down, most definitely, Raider Nation, we are better than we all expected from the first game of the season. Uh, great words of knowledge, my brother. And next out of Central Illinois, Raider Reds in the house. What's up, bro? Raider Nation leaps. What the hell, man? Uh, Fox, Raider Red. Here in Southern Illinois, I, I don't even know what to say. Only thing I can say is uh, I, I think the team played tough in spurts. In spurts. Uh, you know, you, you can't let another team run two touchdowns the length of the fucking field and get as close as you are to the end zone and throw an interception. You should have been running the ball then. And uh, I fucking expect a different result. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 we were all expecting to win that one. I was. Uh, based on our schedule going the rest of the year, I was expecting to win a whole fucking lot of games. Especially the next one to Detroit. And now Detroit beats Green Bay, so that thinks, hmm, what the fuck? Uh, man, I don't like feeling this way. I was feeling a lot better. Great game in San Diego. Great game in New York. Tough one in Pittsburgh, man. Hard-fought one. And now what the fuck was this shit, dude? It was just a goddamn clusterfuck, honestly. I mean, they looked good in some spots. I ain't going to say they didn't because they did, but uh, it's just not consistent. And then we got a 39-year-old Hall of Famer. Thank God that's in on, half, in on half the fucking tackles on defense. One-armed. What's all about that about? I, I just I don't get it, man. I'm probably talking crazy, but I just don't fucking understand it. Makes no damn sense. I'm I'm confused. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know. So, man, I'd tell you what, uh, Ray Greg, Ray Randy, thank you guys for all you do. Keep at it. My ass is going to road warrior mode the next two weeks. I will be at Detroit. I will be in uh, Nashville. I 
fuck, man. Feeling some pain from last night. I'm feeling your pain, Crusader Raider. I saw you on the TV several times looking like you just got kicked in the fucking balls. And that's exactly the way it felt. Believe me, my brother. I felt the pain. I was with you. We all did. This sucks. Hopefully, uh, Ken Norton can get something fucking figured out. I don't. I, I'm kind to wonder about his ass and Del Rio. I mean, he'll he'll take responsibility for it, but uh, I, I I just damn. Anyway, I'm out. Well, yeah, I think we did play better against the Steelers, which is weird because they're a better team. Steelers are a better team uh, than the Vikings. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, it just tells me that we have a lot more growth to do. Uh, and that's in all aspects, players and coaches. We just need more growth, man. We ain't there yet, although it sure does taste good when you get close and you think you're there. <laughs> but we ain't. Not yet. And next, a call from my very good friend. The Portuguese bomber is in the house and she's got some wisdom to share. Trust me. Listen up. What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? It's Nicole, the Portuguese bomber. And in my opinion, yesterday's game was a clusterfuck. They fought harder during the Steelers game last week. They completely lost their oomph, their energy, didn't take in. I don't know what the hell happened. I got 5 a.m. Sunday morning for this shit. Pretty frustrated this week. I'll leave it with on to the next one later. I believe she's got some great observations here. The lack of energy is something I haven't said, but I think all of us can agree that was a total lack of energy. From the very first snap of the ball, flat is an understatement. It's like they weren't even, they didn't want to play. I'm talking about the Raiders at home. They didn't want to play. They were they were lethargic from the get-go. Great call, girlfriend. Way to call it out because I, I totally agree with you. And straight from St. Louis, the Gateway Raider is in the house. What you got to say, bro? Hey, Greg. Hey, Randy. Gateway Raider here calling in from St. Louis, man. Hey, man, I'm not really as disappointed this week as uh, I was from the last previous few weeks, man. I didn't really expect to win this game. I mean, we went in, we played. We didn't play that bad, I don't think, for top-tier team, man. Minnesota's probably number one team in the league, I'd have to say, the way they're playing right now, for one. And we, we just don't have a defense, man. We cannot stop. AP, we can't stop anybody on defense, man. We need, we just need to throw those guys out. They're fucking trash, man. Everyone but Woodson, but you know, he'll probably retire next year. I can't see him coming back another year. And they're just tearing them up, tearing them apart, man. It's not just the secondary; it's the defensive line. It's the whole fucking, the coordinators, the whole fucking thing, man. I was actually at the Rams. I live in St. Louis. I was actually at the Rams game. They're uh, left in the third quarter. Shit, man. Man, fuck those Care Bears, man. Fucking. Uh, it was probably about 90% Chicago. And the Rams fans, anyway, are just church boy pieces of shit sitting on their hands. Oh, good golly. Guess it's time to go. 
Man, I was the only one in there making noise for the Rams, man. I had a fucking Raiders hat on. Fuck that shit. Rams will probably be going back to where they belong, where they actually have a good fan base. Uh, anyway, that's all I really got to say, man. Raider Nation is Gateway Raider. I'm out. Well, there's a glimpse into the Ram fan there in St. Louis. Uh, not much different than the Ram fam in Los Angeles, really. It's the same people, bro. There's no difference. They're one step up, and I mean one, maybe a half a step up from the Charger fan. What a pathetic fan that is. So at least they're not there. And the Raiders should have won this game. They're a better team than the Vikings. The Vikings are a paper tiger. They ain't going no place, bro. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller, everybody knows. Everybody knows this guy. And if you don't, you should. He is a great, great fan and a good man all around. My good friend from London, the Crusader Raider is in the house. What is up? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider, calling you from California instead of London. Don't change the music, Randy. People will get confused. We've had a great time here in the Bay Area and disappointed, obviously, with the result. see real improvements on the team and real passion back in the, the, the Raider Nation and people believing that, you know, we've turned a corner at last under Jack Del, Del Rio. Um, had a great time at the Crab Feed. It was great hanging out and spending time with lots of you guys. Um, um, especially the guys from the Silver and Black Empire from New York and some of the Northwest Raider Booster Club fans and friends and family, um, you know, from all over the area. You know, it's just amazing how the last 10 years since uh, the form- formulation of the Crusader Raider, how friendships have developed and uh, how much fun we have when we come on these trips over to the States. Next up is uh, Detroit, where we'll be hooking up with uh, the booster clubs there and uh, lots more friends, and we'll be representing again. So the Silver and Black will be representing hard in Michigan. Um, Phil, we're going to turn the corner on this one, get back to fifth 500, and then who knows where the rest of the season will, will, will go from there. This trip's been a blast, as always. I'm looking forward to my next crusade, which is from the 19th of December, when I will be accompanied by my daughter, Crossbones Kelly, uh, for the Packers and Chargers games, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun and hang out again there. Thanks for everything, as always, Raider Greg and Randy. The great job you guys do in keeping us all informed. Um, please, please keep it up, because it you know, means so much to all of us. This is Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider. I'm out. And here's a guy from London makes the big trip across here, sees three, four, five, six games sometimes. He is a dedicated, full-on Raider fan and a guy you'll never forget once you meet him. Heart of gold, to say the least. One of my very favorite people. I am so proud to call him uh, and Big Dave Chapman, my very good friends. Uh, Such a great honor to have them. Um, And they are well-known throughout the Raider Nation as obviously... And it was—it's a pleasure just to have these guys around. If you get a chance to see him, get on up there, talk to him, shake his hand. Uh, it'll be a pleasure for you, I guarantee you. Thanks, Keith. You are the Crusader Raider. And our next caller from the wild land of Placer County—that's uh, a beautiful place, folks. 
my very good friend, Raider Damien, is in the house. What is up, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Damien up here in Placer County, California. How y'all doing today? Well, how about that game on Sunday? You know, this is what I've expected from the Raiders this year. I expected us to be better, but I did not expect us to um, be going to the playoffs. We are definitely better, Raider Nation, but we got a lot of things to work on. Um, I think that that Rodney Hudson injury was a lot more significant than um, any of us really thought. You know, he's the captain of that offensive line, and there were definitely problems with uh, calling out some of the coverages as far as he was coming in on those, uh, you know, A and B gap blitzes and stunts and whatnot. And I think that that really hurt us on the offensive side of the ball. As far as the defensive side of the ball, you know, I don't even know where to start with that. It is, uh, that was absolutely unbelievable. You know, I mean, in my section, beers were flying in the air. Popcorn was flying in the air. I mean, people were disgusted. I was disgusted. And we definitely know what we need to work on for uh, the next upcoming year. Uh, I think it's going to start with Ken Norton Jr. I'm not sure that he's the guy to be calling um, the plays for us on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. We'll see where that goes. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, uh, Greg and Randy, was regarding the coaching. That first squib kick that Janikowski did, I thought that that was an error. I thought that that was a mistake. I thought maybe, you know, the wind caught the ball because it was catching it for, um, you know, the other kicker. Um, but the second one, I was like, no, that was intentional. They intentionally called those squib kicks, and it came back and bit us right in our big fat ass with that freaking, you know, whatever that was, 75-yard touchdown return. So to me, that was a coaching error. This is the second week in a row that we've had a major coaching fuck up, at least with 100, excuse me, a minute and 29 seconds left and three uh, timeouts. We did not decide to go to the locker room. So I, I guess we've improved coaching <laughs> since last week. Um, finally, Carr had a really bad game, you know, and I still think that Carr's our guy. But what I'm more interested to know is if Money Man has spoken Raider who has not called the show in three weeks is going to decide to give the show a call because Carr had a bad game. If you do, man, you know what? That's on you. But you know what? You need to call when he's playing well, too. That's it. I'm out. Raider Nation for life. Well, brother, I agree with you 100% on everything. Uh, coaching, we'll have to look at that for sure. I am not happy with the defense on any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the fact that Woodson is our number one tackler is a sham. The, the oldest guy in the league, not only on our team, the oldest defensive player in the league is doing all the work. DJ Hayden needs to get a boot in his ass and sent to another team somewhere uh, for sure. There's a few players that need to leave this team, uh, and there's a few coaches, a.k.a. the special teams bonehead. He needs to go for sure, costing us way too much on both sides. So I agree with you. We have some changes. I expected, uh, I didn't expect to go to the playoffs. I, I thought it was a possibility. Uh, we were playing very well. And I don't know what happened. Rodney Hudson happened, of course. Charles Woodson was being injured. That happened, of course. But listen, there's coaches out there that can make more out of our players that we have right here. 
I am sure of it. Let's just wait and see. Like you say, I agree. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller out of Biggs, California. Raider Pharaoh's in the house. What's going on, Pharaoh? Hey, Raider Greg. This is uh, Raider Pharaoh here out of Biggs, California. Sure, you don't know where that is. But I have to say, you know, coming off of a very impressive performance against the Steelers, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was plenty of issues in that game, but to just come out flat and unmotivated against the Lions, is the Lions that defense, is that defense that great? I mean, they look great. I'm on paper, they're good. But I expected a lot more out of this team. Albeit what happened throughout the whole game, when it came down to the fourth quarter and the Lions were moving the ball and we come up with that block field goal, I'm like, there's our motivation. That's all we needed. And then, again, flat. I, I totally misconstrued on this team I don't know what's going on I'm hoping Del Rio hasn't bounced back against the Lions and quite frankly that needs to be a statement game they need to come out and just step on the throat of the Lions and put themselves out there as the team that can do it because with with the Broncos losing these last two games if we would have won these two games we're in play for a division now playoffs aren't looking so hot so we need to start stepping on throats and proving that we are who we are. Thank you for your time. Go Raiders. Well, I don't know if flat is the word. I just say no energy, low energy. Uh, they were not inspired to win this game at home. They were inspired to win the game at Pittsburgh, and then they come home with still a chance to make a playoff and crap right there in the field, the home field, your home crowd. And the Vikings, as good as they are, they're not all that. And um, if we played our best game, we could have won as well. But, hey, man, it is what it is. We're going to chalk this one up and move on to Detroit because the Lions, (laughs) that is a trap game full show. That's a trap game for us. Uh, Anytime you see an opponent that looks weak at home, uh, you better be careful because they're going to come and kick your ass. That's a, f- a fact. We've done it to other people. Uh, I know, have it have it done to us a few times for sure. Uh, thanks for the call, brother. And last but never least, my very good brother, Autumn Wind Williams is in the house. What's up, man? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the Raider Nation? This is Autumn Wynn Williams is giving y'all a call. And just letting you know, just heard about the shit with Alden Smith. His career for right now as an Oakland Raider is all done. And, uh, you know, with the year suspension, I'm hoping there's some kind of appeal that can happen, though. And, and we win, but, you know. He is a Raider now, so likely that shit ain't going to happen, man. Um, I'm hoping something good happened this Sunday as far as uh, stopping Megatron. Um, you know, I'm still worried about our secondary besides Charles Woodson. 
Hopefully he can climb on DJ Hayton's back one more time and intercept it with the ball getting thrown to uh, Megatron. Uh, but I really just hope it's not like that Antonio Brown Steelers game where Megatron's allowed to run up the score with over 200 yards because of our uh, damn secondary. Anyway, hoping that they try to run the ball a lot. I know um, they're not good at uh, the Lions. Not good at the run. Our defense is good at stopping the run. Besides uh, Adrian Peterson and um, uh, the guy from Pittsburgh, can't think of his name right now. But anyway, um, minus Alden Smith is going to be it's going to be a challenge. But um, I'm hoping we pull through. We need to get back to winning again. I don't like this losing streak. We felt how good it is to be a winner again at, at for a moment, and all all shit just went down. It went basically up shit creek up shit creek for us right now, man. We need to get back on the move. Um, I'm running out of words to say. Trying to focus on working at the same time, multitasking. Anyway, I'm out, Raider Nation. Keep your head up. We are going to get back where we belong, right at the top. Just wait. Just win, baby. Yeah, it's been nice. Uh, these few wins, the dominant wins, are a feeling we haven't had in the Raider Nation in a long time. We've had the lucky wins. We've had the, the wins with a few here, good plays here and there. But the dominant wins that we've had this year, uh, blowing people out, have been really something to see, something to feel something to know uh, that, that we're heading in the right direction. You know, we can't just, it's not going to happen this year, but we certainly need to see some progress uh, in the offseason to help this defense and help Charles Woodson, even if he's going to be here next year, I doubt it, uh, but he's got to get a replacement and it has to be someone solid for sure. Uh, thanks for the call, brother. It's always good. You are always active uh, with keeping Oakland in Oakland. Uh, you know what I'm saying there. So I appreciate your activism because you put it down, bro. You really does, folks. Thanks for the call, man. Well, that's it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. Once again, I say it's, I'm sorry it's late, but life happens between podcasts. That's all I could tell you. Um, so the Raiders are headed to Detroit for a make-or-break game. I'm going to tell you right now, if they lose this game to the Lions, uh, this is going to be a a, a bad spiral <laughs> for this team because it's hard to come back after you've been beat so many times. Uh, the last two losses, definitely unnecessary. Uh, Pittsburgh game, we should have won. Vikings game, uh, we didn't even come close to winning, which is the problem with that entire game. Let's just hope we get my little kitty and put the kitty back in the cat box and just let it go because we have things to do. We can win the division still, but we're not going to win it if we nickel and dime and squeeze by a win here and there. Once in a while, it's okay, but you have to dominate in this, in this business. You have to dominate in the NFL. Strike fear in your opponent. That's the first part of winning a game. And uh, we've done that this season. I think we can do it again. We better do it again in Detroit. 
And that is all I have to say about that. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs>